Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best holiday show to see live. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, it's good to see you, my friend. Tis the season. And we're both about to go out for our Thanksgiving trips. We are. Your hair is doing something. I, I'm always, I'm a deep admirer of your hair. <laughs> and as it grows out right now, it looks like Moses is holding a staff up on your forehead to like, like these massive waves of hair are forming and they're going to part. And then all um, of my ancestors will be able to cross to the back of your neck. I'm very You're excited. welcome. You're welcome. And when Pharaoh shows up on my forehead, you know what I'm going to do? Comb him over into oblivion. Thereby saving everyone. Yeah. We did it. We but this is a different it. holiday season that we're That's talking right. about, not the spring. This is a different holiday season that we're talking about. And I love to go see live shows in the holiday season. In fact, I am doing a live show this holiday season. Mm-hmm. And that particular live show uh, genre will show up on our list. I know you're a frequent performer in live holiday shows because I did, I did a decade's worth of them with you. Yes. Are you a frequent visitor of the big flashy shows that seem to pop up all over the holidays? Uh, no, I, I appreciate that they exist. I don't know if that's my flavor of entertainment that I want to go see. Just, uh, like it would be cool to see the Rockettes at some point just because that's an iconic show to say that I've seen it. The only holiday show I've ever wanted to see, I did not get to see. What was that? That was Mark Gagliardi in Home for the Holidays at, what was that? Is that the Six Flags show? Is that the Six Flags? That was the Six Flags show, Home for the Holidays. Ken got to see it. Ken Plume did get to see it. Ken Plume, uh, the delightful Ken Plume came to see that show and we had a wonderful time. He, uh, said into the chat, I'll send you videos, Hal. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I know one thing that you do like mm-hmm. in months ending in R. And that is football. Am I right, Hal Lublin? I do. I love football. I'm excited. I have a good football team this year, so it's even more fun to watch. Well, then you're going to enjoy this episode, my friend, because today Mm. we are combining football and theater for the WGT playoffs. That's right. It's Uh, the holiday (laughs) playoffs. Here is how the holiday playoffs are going to work, if you will indulge me this, my friend. I'm excited. We have four divisions. Okay, four divisions. We're going to talk about each division, and then we're going to have one division champion at the end of the season, the season being defined as a conversation about said division. Sure. Then from our four divisions, north, south, east, and west, we're going to have a quick four-game playoff. Since we'll have already talked about them, it will likely be the quickest part of the playoffs. I love it. All right. (laughs) All right. I have four divisions for you, and you tell me which one you want to dive into first. Okay. We have the amateurs, the pros, the big money division, and the plays. Ooh. You know, I kind of want to start with the amateurs, but I feel like that's forcing them to open. So I'm going to reverse it, and I'm going to go, let's go big money players. Let's start for 500, Alex. 
All right, we're going to start with the big money players. There are four contenders vying for the top slot in the big money division. They are, of course, the Radio City Music Hall Spectacular. Sure. They are the Holiday Music Festival. Mm. The Holiday, frequently at a theme park, themed overlay. And the Automated Spectacle. We're talking fountains, fireworks projection mapping, any of that version of a holiday show. So this is the spectacle division. And I feel like, come on, man, we got to talk about all four, but there's one clear winner in this. Uh, th- we do. I-, I have a question and it may be in a different division. What's that? The holidays to me extend all the way to January 1st. So is the New York Times going to Times Square for New Year's Eve? Is that in here somewhere? Because that feels like big money because you have celebrities, the ball drop yeah. is the whole thing. You know what? Uh, honestly, I did not think past December 25th. Of course. But yeah. I will count that under holiday spectacles. Well, that's that right mean? out. Cause it's the best thing to see live. You went there, like basically like get a diaper or you're yeah. going to use the same porta potty that 800 people use, which I'm sorry. <laughs> even, even you could, you could do this. You could do this episode four years ago. I tell you the same thing, which is those things stink. And, and you could do those, like, this episode 10 years from now and he'll yeah. tell you the same thing. You porta potties, just in case you like never think about it, they are not some Jetsons like invention that cleans itself after no. each use. No, it's a big rubber made full of doo doo. Yeah, you're yeah. doo doing uh, like the other other people doo doo. You don't know how they yeah. doo doo. You don't know how clean they are. There are hundreds of thousands of people doo dooing in New York City's Times Square, and there's just not enough big plastic receptacles for all of that doo doo. Yeah, and then you go to New Year's Eve, and there are even more people there making Hey-o! all over Times Square. Hey-o! Take that New, New York, York joke. I got gotcha. Philadelphia is here. We beat up robots. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, this brings to mind something that we have to look at here. I think, which mm-hmm. is, what is the experience like of watching this? Yeah, it's not just how good is the show because there are going to be a lot of good shows from amateur to big money. But I think uh, an important thing to look at is your comfort level and enjoying it. New Year's Eve, you have to get there. You've done this before. You had to get there super early. We did. We got that. We were there for the Times Square uh, New Year's Eve 1999 into 2000. We mm-hmm. got there at about, I think, 11 or 12, like 11 in the morning or noon. And we watched up in the window. We saw Christina Aguilera and assorted other entertainers do their sound checks. For what was it? I want to say TMZ, but it's not TMZ. Uh, it was the afternoons on MTV. Uh, TRL. Uh, TRL. Yeah. It was TRL. So it was like TRL was doing their show upstairs. So they were waving yeah. down to us and we'd see them uh, do the thing. And, uh, we were all being put into pens and we had our friends for the day in there that we met. We had the crazy Bahamians that had brought two big paper bags worth of rum for the pen which made it amazing. There were the grannies in front of us that were hilarious and just there to party. It was me and my buddies. And then at midnight, my buddy Robert took off all his clothes, held up a banner that said, we made it written on a giant bed sheet. And I guess a regular bed sheet, not a giant one written on a bed sheet. And it wound up in the newspaper from shot from above. We made it because everyone was worried about the 99 to 2000, a delightful event. And yet, and yet, there was doo doo everywhere. Doo doo everywhere on the camouflage, like the camouflage street. If you viewed it from the, no, I mean it's like what you've described to me, which I'm sure is very nice. Sounds like hell. Yeah, because I'm there for 13 hours. 
Yeah. 12, 13 hours. I mean, let's be honest. Not like it was 1201 and then you were like, let's get out of here. Cause you honestly, can't dude, leave. it really is like that. Though. Oh, really? It clears they, out. Have you ever watched the New Year's Rockin' Eve or any of those? By like 1211, you look at the screen and it's just Anderson Cooper standing there looking around amid confetti. It looks like left behind and he's the only one that's still there. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I immediately switch after that to like, Let's see what's going on in Chicago where oh, yeah. we're indoors and it, this could be anywhere <laughs> or LA. Maroon five is out here to play their hits. And then uh, like you watch that for a couple of minutes. And yeah. uh, well, last year was the Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus New Year's Eve. So we watched that. Yeah. They did who, which, what city did they cover? It was one of those ones where in everybody Nashville, covered a weren't city. They? And must have been Nashville. Wherever yeah. Dolly wants to go, wherever Aunt Dolly wanted to go. Exactly. You go where Dolly says go. That's right. So it's an, uh, it's not the music festival, though music festivals are fun. Mm-hmm. That's frequently we had like the fantasy of trees in Knoxville. Did you guys have a good Christmas time music festival in Philly? I'm sure there was. I, the thing I, that I think of is the market. There's like a Christmas market that pops yeah. up around City Hall. That's really fun. Yeah. Which also bleeds into our fourth one on this list that is mm-hmm. similar to that, which is the themed overlay in, say, Disneyland Universal, uh, any of the Six Flags's. The themed overlay in a park where it has all new, you know, you've got carolers on the streets and all that. I mean, that is a contender, but I don't think it's going to beat the Radio City show. I will say nobody does it like Disney does. And there's something magical about being in Anaheim, California, when it's 70 Mm -hmm. degrees and you go for the evening parade and it starts to snow. Yeah. And they full on movie snow all over Main Street. That is really that is a magical feeling, because for me, like. If you asked me where I'd want to spend Christmas, if Jennifer and I, like, if nobody was going to be offended or we could take everybody with us, Mm -hmm. I would want to be in, like, a Bavarian village where it's snowy and the lights are out and it feels really traditional kind of Christmas. Yeah. And to me, because that's, you know, when you don't celebrate it or really observe it religiously, that's what it is to you is, like, the aesthetic of it. And that aesthetic is really appealing to me. So that is a really fun holiday experience. I don't consider that to be a live show. I just consider that to be an experience you can have. The Rockettes, Radio City Music Hall, that is a live show with decades of tradition that you instantly think of the Rockettes around this time of year. Like, it's just, it's part of the holidays. And it's been going since 1933. So the legacy of it is, it's what makes New York City the destination for Christmas. That and Macy's. I feel like the combo of those two things have really put New York on the map as America's Christmas Central, you know, or Holiday Central. Yes. So let's talk about the Radio City Spectacular, not just from the outside, but going inside and watching the show in this giant, you know, multi-tier Radio City Music Hall Theater. How, Mm -hmm. when you see this show, there are a lot of things that are going to show up later on this list. Mm. The Radio City Spectacular has most of them. It is divided into so many segments and so many very different elements that it's, I mean, it almost plays like, no, not almost. It absolutely plays like a classic vaudeville show because it's from a time not far outside of that uh, era. And also because that's a great way to put together a holiday show. Oh, you don't like this? Well, here's a musical number. You don't like that? Here's the Rockettes coming back out to do the most spectacular tap dancing I've ever seen in my life. Really? I always think of the kick line. I never think of them doing any other dancing. 
I think their version, and we talked about this on the show before, I think the best version of the 12 Days of Christmas is the Rockettes version of the 12 Days of Christmas. It's, Where they tap it out in Morse code? They, yes, they tap it out in Morse code. each. And, but there's also a secret message if you listen hmm. in there. There's one tap that's just a little unscrewed, and she's hmm. also just a little unscrewed. So hmm. you can hear her secret message in the Morse code. Just watch the number a thousand times and call me back. Always. Well, you know, I've been watching it on YouTube. I'm, oh, the only part I've been able to write down so far is chemtrails, but I'll get the rest. Okay, good. Now that I've seen it, it's one of those things that I was mad that I hadn't seen it before, and I want to try to see it every holiday season. I encourage everyone, if you haven't seen it, go online. The I think it was the 50th anniversary or 75th anniversary version is available in its entirety. It's great. It's a spectac- It's literally a spectacular. I got nothing bad to say about it. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the finalist. I mean, it's clear. That's not. Yeah, that's got no be question. Fun. Yeah. All right. So I get to pick the next one. You want to go to the plays division, the amateurs plays. division, or the pros? All right. Plays. Now we are going on to holiday plays. Hmm. So here are the four contenders in this category. One, not exactly a play and a thing that you and I will have a terrible time being objective about. And that is. A comedy show. Say something you would see at Largo or the Bell House or M Bar. Not or that new place hours. with the stairs that take you yeah. down to Hades itself before you come back up. December second. Yeah. <laughs> I've also got on here a Christmas pantomime, which is the British type panto what show that doing. I am about to start doing in Laguna Beach. I also have a Christmas Carol and yeah. the assorted Broadway tours. I packaged that into one category because I think we can put. Elf, A Christmas Story, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, like to see a holiday Broadway show. I'm putting yeah. those in together as one type of package. Yeah. We saw A Christmas Story at the Walnut Street Theater. How was it? I don't remember what year it was. Um, It was good. Yeah. It's really hard, hard for me to enjoy an adaptation of something where like when I hold the original in such high regard. Yeah. Like it really has to sort of top it or take it in a completely different direction. And to me, mm-hmm. I didn't feel that. I feel like the songs were fine. The only one I really remember from the whole show is the one that the old man sings to his about the lamp. Where he's yeah. like, it's a major award. Like that's very clever, but uh, I think there it, are it better fine. versions. You know what I mean? There are better versions yeah. of each of the things that are in that. There's a better version of Elf. There's a better version of the Grinch. There's a better version of a Christmas story. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. are now I'd rather see the OG. When you say a play, mm-hmm. you don't mean something on a stage that's mostly uh something on a stage that has as much talking as okay. singing and right. music or more. Okay, so that tells me that one of the things that could fit here is somewhere else. All right. Uh yes. Okay. So I mean we could talk about all of these, but mm-hmm. frankly, there's nothing <laughs> Uh, uh, what is I, it? I, Do you need to get visited by three ghosts? Yeah, uh, honestly, sentence out? The Christmas Carol. I couldn't think of the words. <laughs> I couldn't. I could think of Christmas. I was like a Christmas story. No, we said yeah. that a Christmas story. Yeah. No, wait, it's a Christmas story. A Christmas. This is tale. what old age is, folks. This is what oh, happens wow. when your brains get scrambled by a virus. Oh, jeez. Christmas Carol is such an iconic piece. Yeah, I think it's fascinating. The story of it is Charles Dickens, like basically coming up with it on a walk home. And he wrote it in like two weeks, wrote it really fast, performed it by himself at first, and then it became this 
sort of traditional for instead of it being a reading it became a play it's been adapted millions of times we've talked about it here not only what is the best version of a christmas carol but who is the best scrooge it's yeah. and there are so many great versions of it that even to see it live has a lot of magic i think it's almost the opposite of seeing a musical of a movie i like it's like yeah what is your flavor of this do you like the early like original, something that feels like the original film adaptation. Do you prefer Scrooge that takes it in a different direction? Or the Muppets, which may be one of the most faithful adaptations of the story yeah. of all of them. Yeah, they, uh, but, they added the narrator music. and everything. Yeah. So I think it's just like, it's not the holidays unless you see some version of it. Amen. So 100%. I, I think it's, yeah, it's just, the, it's kind of the runaway winner. It's like not yeah. like, thanks to everything else for existing, but that's the, that's a heavy hitter. Do you have a favorite version on stage? Because I'll tell you, every actor I know has a version of A Christmas Carol that is the one that they hold dear. Whether it is a good version or not frequently does not matter because I have, you know, I have seen versions at all levels. I've seen, you know, legends do it. I've seen buddies do it. And sometimes the buddies doing it one is the absolute joy of the holiday season. And we'll get to that sort of version later on when we talk about the amateurs. That said, do you have a favorite version of A Christmas Carol on stage that you've seen? Or one that um, you go back to a lot? Uh, I mean, there isn't one that comes to mind. When I think of the style I like, I like that, like, Reginald Owen original, like, that yeah. feel. Yeah. But anything that, just any interpretation of that story I'm open to, I don't think, yeah. I can't think of one I haven't liked. I'll yeah. put it that way. I love it. Knoxville, Tennessee, we had the, the, one of the thing, early ones that made me want to become an actor and get involved in theater was our local version that was at the university that I did later on. Uh, but it had, it was the first time I saw a turntable on a stage and mm. snow on a stage. And when mm -hmm. Scrooge walked from the outdoor outside of Scrooge and Marley's to the inside of Scrooge and Marley's and the stage suddenly was the inside of Scrooge and Marley's hook, dude, hook for life. Blew my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I love, I love that kind yeah. of stagecraft, like watching so things. My first revolving, uh, my first turntable was a Miz and I was trans. Oh yeah. It. Yeah. It was, it, I was like, Oh, this is so simple, but so smart. What a great way to show people walking over a distance to move stuff around. And now it's kind of become sort of commonplace, but the way people design sets and the way that they're built to sort of shift or things that fold down or mm -hmm. things that open up like a story, like a Barbie's dream house in a world of digital, of great digital effects that you can enjoy. There's something about the magic of watching sets transform that you just can't beat. There's nothing. Like I think a Christmas Carol is one of those shows where theater technicians really get a chance to show off. And like, mm -hmm. if you, any major regional theater is going to have a version of a Christmas Carol and it's going to be set designed by their best set designer and it's yeah. always going to be fun. Yeah. It's a uh, Christmas it's maybe Carol. The one, it's maybe the one show that fits every one of the four categories. Uh, it does fit. Yeah. The only live performance that I think yeah. could, you could put, there's a version of it that it belongs in each of these, which I don't know that, you know, we still have a lot more to explore and we're going to do that sure. after the break, but it's just something I, I, I can tell right who now. you'd be betting on if we were at DraftKings right now. You know, that's it. Place, say, ah, they're not paying us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dig into the pro and amateur divisions, come away with two winners, and then the playoffs will begin. That's up next on We Got This with Mark and Hal. We'll be right back. That too. 
<laughs> Folks, we get it. Keeping up with an actual play podcast in this economy is a tough sell. Mm. That's why we have great news for you. The Adventure Zone is changing up its format. We're going to be doing some shorter seasons, more experimental stuff. There's never been a better time to get on board the zone. And if you're sick of listening to our voices, we get that too. So we're including some guests uh, on this upcoming one. We've got Kate Welch and Gabe Hicks, who are incredible. And you want us to try out some new games? You got it. We've got the new Marvel Multiverse RPG. We're using that and with a really brilliant GM doing it. It's dad. What he's saying is it's dad. Dad is doing it. It's dad doing it. You can listen every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm glad you said that because nobody says that. Can I just say thank you to you for such a thoughtful interview? Oh, my God. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Bullseye. Interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. Listen to the Bullseye podcast only from NPR and Maximum Fun. All right, let's move to the pro division. The final two divisions of the WGT Hollywood, Hollywood, Holiday Playoffs. (laughs) The Hollywood Hollywood Playoffs. All right. Your center square. You wanted to start with the pros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to the pros. All right. Here are the pros. Mm -hmm. A Christmas cabaret. Uh A Christmas corral. A holiday court. Like we see you when you say that means C-H-O-R-A-L-E. Yes. C-H-O-R. Like, like, not like a bunch of oxen. Handel's Messiah or, uh, you know, all of the, when there's a big frequently with an orchestra, sometimes in the shape of a tree on stage, like Mormon tabernacle choir. Exactly. Stuff. Okay. Yes. So we have cabaret. A corral, a holiday pops, and our final contender, that ballet classic, The Nutcracker. I mean, they're all wonderful. I think this, this is something. A, nice I think this about. is a tough division. Out of all of them, this is the toughest. Uh, yeah, I do love the Glenn Miller version of "Lovely Weather for a Sleigh Ride" together with you, with the trumpet players like at the end to do the horse. I love it. They're all great. I would disagree with you that it's close. I think three of them are very close to one another and that they're all a delight. And then the fourth one is, again, I think each division is going to have an iconic, it's Christmas time. So that means that not only is this music, like if you go to a Pops performance, they're going to do music from the Nutcracker because it's the holidays. And that is (laughs) like, that's just part of it is to have have that music in there. But let's talk talk about fairies is going to be in there. We still want to give each person a chance to battle the nutcracker there on the top of the mountain. Okay. So let's see. I do love a, a cabaret show around the holidays, more intimate, you know, small band like Joe's pub or some of these spots that just have a great little, you know, five piece band, a singer. And it's just some classics. You know what I mean? Yes. I would go if my friend was in it. If it was my Hilarious. friend's band, I would go. Yeah. But, <laughs> but not otherwise. I don't know if other than that, I would. Like, I wouldn't choose to do that. I wouldn't say, like, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go to Joe's pub and list. Like, I'd be going to the pub and that would also be happening. You know? I see. Yeah. So it's nice. I, I don't think we've discussed anything that's unpleasant outside of the wait for New Year's Rock and Eve. Sure. Or the ball to drop or whatever you want to call that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, holiday pops is not going to knock it out. What if I took that little band from Joe's pub? Not an actual pub, by the way. A, mm-hmm. a space like M bar kind of. Yeah. One of those sure. supper club. Sure. Uh, what, what if I took it and I made it bigger though, Hal? 
I take mm-hmm. it and I make it bigger and I give it a full orchestra. And this time it's a diva in a ball gown who's out there with the orchestra and we're doing a holiday pops show at a big, uh, big theater. Huh? Who's, Is that going to knock the, the nutcracker out? Who's the diva? Bette Midler. I'd be into it. You know who I'd like to see perform <laughs> holiday <laughs> music? Who's that? Well, jeez. I mean, Gladys Knight would have been fun to watch. I think, uh, I'd like to see Michael Buble because I think he's like the modern crooner. Yeah. And I really enjoy his stuff because that's the stuff I like to listen to. I like that crooner, like that Bing Crosby and uh, just all of those croony people, Andy Williams. Yeah, that whoever. kind of vibe to go see, to go see a Buble holiday show would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Mariah Carey is doing a holiday show at Yamava Casino last night and tonight. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't been to Yamava. Yamava is the one that used to be called. Morongo, I think. Morongo. And now it's yeah. Yamava. That yeah. is not the nearest one. The nearest casino to me is the other way. It's the Chumash gotcha. casino. She's playing there. I would almost think about it, but I, I think Mariah Carey is undeniably talented. Yeah. And I like All I Want for Christmas is You. I mm-hmm. don't know that I want to see any of her other Christmas songs. Well, what if I told you that tickets in the back row were $1,500? Oh, well, now that you say that, I'm thinking about it again. Aha. Uh-huh. But they're only $10 up front. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, I, I think there are, I, look, I think that all of these fit into other categories. Yeah. As well, but there's one that really climbs to the top of this one. A cabaret. I can see a great cabaret at any time of year. I can see mm-hmm. a great pop show at any time of year. And I can see a corral. Probably not as frequently, but, uh, the nutcracker happens once a year. That's the scarcity sometimes is what makes it special. And not to say that it's not fabulously special, not famous in Tchaikovsky's lifetime, sadly enough, mm-hmm. but much like It's a Wonderful Life came into its own after the fact. Have you? Have, what's your favorite version of, do you have a favorite version of the Nutcracker? I don't know that I'm that familiar with many versions. I probably mm-hmm. want to go see the one in New York City. There's a great documentary, I believe it's on Disney Plus, about that school, which is what, the American Academy of Ballet. ABT? Or, ABT, yes. Yeah. Yes. Or is that the one from Center Stage? I feel like no, no. ABT is the ABT one. ABT is the, um, the actual uh, name. They made the up one, a name for Center Stage. It's the one, and I can't remember the name of the theater. Lincoln Center. Yeah, Lincoln Center. It's the one in yeah. Lincoln Center, and they have like a boarding school. Basically, there were people mm. from all around the country and world come to study. Sure, Zoe and Saldana went there. Yeah, there is a fantastic yeah. documentary about it on Disney Plus about like people who are there Ooh. in different stages and them building up to the Nutcracker because that's their huge performance each year. And they bring in children who are there for the rehearsals and their kids who started as some of those children and are now like playing these much larger roles. But then, of course, it's it covers like so many documentaries that came out in like 2021. They're like uh <laughs> they start doing the performance and it's about to end and they're like. Uh, we're getting some weird stories in the news. Uh, they're saying we might be Uh-oh. closing down. No. COVID hits. Oh. COVID hits. And, and, you know, all those students are like studying over Zoom and you sort of see them pick up. There are a lot of documentaries in that vein. Last Chance University is a really, really good one yeah. about the community college basketball team that's out. I think it's like East LA or a little bit further out. And it's the same thing. Like, they finally make this tournament, and they're getting on the bus to go. Man, and that thing ruins so much. Like, we got to go. We got to get out of here. But that being said, the central idea that one of the greatest and most prestigious schools of ballet in the world, mm-hmm. the big buildup every year, 
is that they're going to be performing the Nutcracker at the Lincoln Center. Yeah. So it's got to be that. It's got to be that. Yeah, it's got to be the Nutcracker. Yeah. All right. So we have three of our four division champions. We only have one division left, Hal. Mm. And that division is the Amateurs. And I have good news for you coming up in a little while. Oh, really? Someone that you mentioned wanting to see, you will get to see in one of these. Here are our choices. They are the school pageant slash choir concert. Sure. Done it many times. The nativity, like when your church does the nativity. Yeah. Yeah. A madrigal dinner. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll come back to that one based on the face that you just made that the idea of a madrigal dinner. And then uh I guess sort of a catch-all that I made because I needed a fourth that is extracurricular holiday shows. I say that because I couldn't figure out how to put in all the like, there's a lot of the ones that aren't the school, kind of the opposite of the school version. So there's the school pageant or choir. And then like when I was a kid, I was in Kids Unlimited or there are different dance schools and different, you know, like semi-pro kids. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. kind of things. We're doing a show at the mall. I guess we can start, you know, we can compare those two. Because there's either the school version or the extracurricular version of the same thing. We can knock one yeah. out of the division early. It is fun to do those holiday shows. I feel like they're more fun to be in than they are to watch. You know? like uh, you, I guess you, the way that this was worded is which one to see live. Right, exactly. Like, I oh, loved doing yeah. the school with the chamber singers we had. We had the we had the chorus. Yeah. And then in upper school. You had the chorus and then the chamber singers who were like, is that like high school, but for Quakers? Yeah. 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 Upper school. We have lower school, middle school, upper school. It's it's used in other places, but it's rare. It's Mm -hmm. the equivalent of high school. It's the same grades. It's just a different name. Yeah. But we had, we had a chorus, which is anybody who wanted to come sing. Then chamber singers, you had to audition to get into. That was ensemble for us. And it was the same. Yeah. Yeah. So then we had the barbershop quartet, barbershop chorus, which is like, Maybe six people. And then the barbershop quartet, which is four of us. Wait a minute, Hal. So yeah. the barbershop chorus was six people. Six people. Yeah. And the barbershop quartet was four. Were the four people also in barbershop chorus and you just kicked two people out? It was, uh, we had a competitive quartet. Like we would go and compete and stuff. And you can't use six people for that. It has to be four. So then you like, just let those other two who... guys play when it was, when it didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had bench warmers? Yeah, I guess. Right. Which, I, ro- which role did you in. double up on? Was it like, listen, man, that high tenor, we go through those like crazy. We got to have a backup high tenor. Uh, you know, it's not like, it's not like we were looking for. It's like whoever wants to be involved and then figure it like our director at the time would figure out like, all right, these are the four voices that blend together that I think are going to have the best shot at winning. But you know, there's still what was your best song to sing. What was your showstopper and what part did you sing? I was the, I was the Barry. I was the baritone. Right on. And we had a really good version of Silent Night, actually, that we did for the holidays. One time my mother, you know, we were practicing it. We kept practicing it, the four of us, to try to get it down. Sure. So there wasn't a lot of, like, they wouldn't always want to, the, the barbershop course, the other two people, like, wouldn't always want to do stuff. So we practiced it. We were practicing it over and over again. And I, I wasn't watching the time as a teenager, completely mm-hmm. self-involved. As opposed to now when I'm an adult who's self-involved. Yeah. And so but my not mother completely. would sit and wait. And she was so mad when we came out. How long had you been in there? It was like, I think she had to wait like 45 minutes, an hour maybe. I could be wrong. It could have been a half an hour. It was too long. 
But uh, we performed the song for her, and then she was in tears and forgave me. Ah, see, that's how you do it. Well done. Get out of jail free card. Yeah, nice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all the amateur stuff is like, if you find yourself at one of those shows, you're there because you know somebody in the show and you want to see them perform. So there's there's something, there's a special connection you have there that you are not likely to have in everything else. And that, I think, is the big key for this division. That's why, that's what's going to be what keeps this division in the league as the Ringo, the heart of this particular WGT league. What did you just, oof? Just, I'm just going to, who's going to clean the tire tracks off of Ringo? Um, no, but there is something really kind of magical about going to see a close friend or a family member or, you know, for me, a niece or a nephew and for others, their kids in a show where there's that sense of pride and connection and you know the people in the audience. And I think that part of it makes it a fun, could make it the best thing to go to. Something, whatever the winner of this division is, it could make it the best live show to go to see because of the other people in the audience and the people in the show and everything peripheral around the actual performance itself. You know, I I think that's a strong argument. I would say in this division, the one I would pick, Mm -hmm. the one I'm willing to go to bat for is the choral performance. Because even when it's bad, it's good. Yeah. But you haven't, we haven't talked yet about the madrigal, Hal. What if I told you that a choral performance could be done in assorted, what you're trying to eat, country clubs or church basements or synagogue backyards or school cafeterias where, you know, everyone is dressed beautifully in madrigal costumes of uh, the Renaissance. The tables frequently have candelabras over the styrofoam plates you know we carried around an actual boar's head hal we had a recorder ensemble you know what you know who you wanted to see live hal lublin you Mm -hmm. said you wanted to go to a holiday pops concert and see gladys knight well we my friend had a suit of armor that we took with us to every single madrigal dinner do you know what that suit of armor's name was tell me Glad as night. <laughs> I've got monkey pod. <laughs> well, you said you wanted to see it. Ooh, madrigals. It's yeah. I, the ghost you from know. a Christmas carol. See you in a minute. Our fellow freshman, mm-hmm. someone who I consider to be like a sister to me, who I'm sure you do as well. As do I, of course. Annie Savage. You know what her, like, thing that gives her some of the most anxiety is? What? Is walk-around characters coming up to interact with her? Yep. You've seen the, there's a famous, not famous to everybody else, but to me, I think famous about does. it. Like, if it goes through my head of her at medieval times, just, like, waiting to go in, <laughs> and as soon as people come in in costume, she's, like, shrinks and starts side-eyeing, and so I think of that. I think there are people who are not comfortable being performed at. And I think everybody it, wants to be called Malod. Yeah. A magical dinner where people are like, like, I don't want to, like, I just want to eat this chicken with my hands. Yeah. Guys, I don't want to, I'm not, I don't want to be part of the show. There's nothing wrong with enjoying that kind of thing, but I think it's exclusive rather than inclusive because there are a lot That's of true. people who don't want that. 
I would agree with that. So choral performance. Are you yeah. With that? I think, yeah, a good, cause we both had great experiences doing it. You have yep. your favorite songs that you sang. I have my favorite songs that I sang in my high school choir around the holidays. It was, yeah, it's always a great time to remember. It's a great time for uh, the audience to, for exactly that reason that you said, even if it's not great, it's great. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's going to be the school chorus. All right, so let us now, now that we have our four division champions. Oh, yeah. Let's pair them up. And how do we want to pair these up? Do we want to go in the order that we did them? Do we want them to face each other? Do you want, do you want to just pick one from the four? No, we got to face each other. That's how playoffs work, Hal. Well, let's do. I think there's a couple of easy ones. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, there's one easy one. It's whoever is up against high school choir. I think you go big money against amateur. And then theater against pro. What do you, how do you okay. like that? Big money against amateur theater against pro. Big money versus amateurs. Radio City Music Hall Spectacular versus school choir. We love you, school choir. This was Sorry, not a difficult game. This no. was a trouncing. They put the third string quarterback in Radio City. Mm. Radio City put the rocket with tendonitis in as <laughs> kicker and they still won. Oh, Lord. With apologies to the barbershop sextet. But this is a more interesting one, I think, because of, there's one thing that I think is, there's not, I, look, I have a winner, I think, in mind for this particular battle between A Christmas Carol and The Nutcracker. Mm. Both beloved holiday shows. Mm. I know we're both huge Christmas Carol fans, so that might weight this in one way. But I think there's one element that The Nutcracker has that A Christmas Carol does not have. And it is among the talent performing in the show. And that is an aspirational role for a kid. Like, there are theaters where to play Clara in A Christmas Carol, I mean, to play, to play Clara in A Christmas, to play Clara in The Nutcracker, like, I'm sure on this ABT thing, there's the kid that wants to be Clara so bad. I don't think there are a lot of 65-year-old regional theater actor men going, oh boy, I've got, do you know who else is up for, for Scrooge this year? Oh my God, the director's pinning up the cast list. Run, 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 run. That said, this also does not feel like a difficult battle. Uh, by the way, first of all, Tiny Tim. Yeah, that's a big point for a child. And also the kid who has to go get uh, a turkey as big as themselves. Yeah, you're right. You know what? There are kids involved in A Christmas Carol who probably do the run up to the cast list. Yeah. And a young Scrooge. Yeah. I love A Christmas Carol. Look, I love The Nutcracker. The Nutcracker is great. If you get a chance, see the uh, Maurice Sendak version of it. Mm. His sets and costumes are beautiful. It was the Seattle Ballet, I think, that did it. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, where the wild things are. It's great. Love it. But this is a battle, my friend, between a Christmas carol and the Radio City Music Hall Spectacular. Yes, it is. Dare I say how lovely. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. This is why I think this battle is fascinating to me. I yeah. love both of these very much. Sure. My heart is very close to a Christmas carol. Yes. But here's the thing about the Radio City Spectacular. Here's what this battle feels like to me. The Radio City Music Hall Christmas Spectacular, whatever the full action, featuring the Rockettes, whatever the whole official name is. Within this show, there is a chorus that sings. There is a version of the Nutcracker featuring the giant teddy bears doing the songs from the Nutcracker. There is a play built in about the boys that go up to the North Pole and one of them learns to, you know, believe there is. At the end of the show, a full-blown nativity 
with camels and horses and real animals on stage, a cast of hundreds. So it feels like the battle right now is a Christmas carol versus literally every other one of these combined. I'm not saying that is insurmountable. I'm saying that's a pretty fair match. You know, here's the thing I'm thinking of as you're pointing this out. What's that? Which is, if you go to see your local Christmas Carol, Mm -hmm. there's no guarantee of the quality of it. Yeah. Could be good. Could be bad. We can't say the best possible version of it because you don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. However, in terms of consistent quality, to go to New York City and go to see the show at Radio City Music Hall, you know you're going to get something great. And hey. Maybe one of the camels goes berserk. Doesn't hurt anybody, but just starts sure. like, and but just eats, around, knocking eats a sides. light bulb and then runs around with uh, like Uncle Fester with it still glowing in his mouth. <laughs> it bites it and let all the, the four legs go out. And it, you can see the skeleton for a second flashing. Yeah, I, I think it's the Radio City musical. I was I was prepared to go with to think it was Christmas Carol, but I think it's there's just something about that show. You know what's funny? I did not expect you to stop there. I thought you were going to say all this stuff and then go, but. And then no. you said all this stuff and then you're like, yeah, I think it's Radio City. I think it might be the Radio City Christmas Spectacular. Though, you know what? You said something. Let me throw this one little wrench in mm-hmm. just to see what you think of this. You know it's always going to be a spectacular show. You know what you are going to get at Radio City Music Hall. Is it much like a holiday gift wrapped up that you don't know what it is when you go to see any version of a Christmas carry? Like, listen, this is currently wrapped up. I might unwrap this and be like, oh, or I might unwrap this and be like, oh, oh. No, I'll tell you, if I wanted something where I wasn't sure what the quality was, I would have pushed a lot harder for, like, children's choir, children's Good point performance. Then you know what? Well, in that case, take those eight shining reindeer and Rudolph in the lead and land that sleigh, Hal Lublin. All right, people of the world, I'm going to let the Rockettes tell you why their show is the best show. So listen. And there you have it. Asked and answered. And there it is. That's right. Thank you, Sarah Larson, for the topic. Everybody, if you can, go online, watch the show. Uh, It's great. Or go to New York City and send us pictures and tell us what a time you're having. This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss. So please reach out to us via email at wegotthispodcast at gmail.com or share your favorite Christmas and holiday performances, past, present, and future, if you have a crystal ball, in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash wegotthispodcast. Thank you to our ghost of Christmas past, present, and yet to come. Ken Plume, who produces this show and deserves your support, not only through supporting our show at MaximumFun.org slash join, but by supporting him at his Patreon, patreon.com slash Ken Plume. Thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world, for whom we are daily tapping out the message in loose rocket tap Morse code. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We We got got this. this. We got this. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.